Welcome to Axios Pro Rata, a podcast that takes just 10 minutes to get you smarter on the collision of tech, business, and politics. I'm Dan Permack. On today's show, a billionaire's surprise gift, and America gets closer to having fewer mobile phone carriers. But first, the trade war gets technical. President Trump late last week essentially barred all U.S. telecom firms from using equipment made by China's Huawei and also blocked Huawei from buying U.S.-made goods. That's a pretty big deal, given that Huawei not only is the world's number one smartphone maker, but also is one of just a few major companies that makes hardware for 5G networks, the thing that both the U.S. and China believe is a technological necessity. So for Huawei, this obviously could be a huge problem. It reportedly has just about a year's worth of stockpiled U.S. components for its phones, and Trump's edict caused Google recently to stop providing Huawei with non-public software. Google also said it'll shut off its service in App Store store on most Huawei-made Android devices, meaning that lots of people are now holding a pretty expensive piece of glass and metal that serves little more purpose than a paperweight. Now, for the U.S., the big concern is retaliation. Not that Huawei will stop doing business with U.S. companies so much as the idea that China's government could block other tech companies from selling to the U.S. So if you're wondering why Apple shares are down around 3% in early trading Monday, that's your reason. The bottom line? tech in both countries may now be involved in a tit-for-tat that breaks their businesses. In 15 seconds, we'll go deeper with Cynicism's Bill Bishop. But first, this. Axios Chief Technology Correspondent Ina Fried shares breaking news and analysis on the most consequential companies and players in tech, from the Valley to D.C. Subscribe to get smarter faster at signup.axios.com. And now, back to the Pro Rata Podcast. We're joined now by Cynicism founder Bill Bishop. Within China, what's the view of Huawei's importance? Well, Huawei is the crown jewel of China's national technical aspirations. And it is a remarkable company that's had remarkable success globally. And so it really is seen as the symbol of China's technological rise. Do you get a sense if what's happened in the last week with the Trump administration's edict on Huawei, do you get a sense that that is part of the kind of call it trade negotiations or trade war? Or do you think this is on separate tracks, that it's truly on a national security track that would be happening regardless of a trade dispute? I think it's on the national security track. I think it was enacted because of the breakdown of the trade talks. You remember there have been quote-unquote, exclusive news stories about a Huawei executive order since last fall. And, you know, my understanding was this order was done, at least the order, not necessarily the more damaging entity list inclusion. But the disorder was done, but it was basically being held back because there was hope that the trade, you know, they didn't want to impact the trade talks. And so I really look at this as a very negative sign for the prospects of a trade talk and more that actually what we're now seeing is that the U.S.-China relationship is really very quickly descending into serious competition, if not conflict, across multiple dimensions. And this really may be kind of the break in the dam that, that really, really pushes that forward, and much more so than, say, ZTE last year. A couple of weeks ago, uh, China obviously announced retaliatory tariffs. And I wonder, in this particular case, do you expect, you know, Apple shares are down this morning because there is clearly fear, for example, that China's government will stop the export of certain components to U.S. companies, U.S. tech companies. Is that a reasonable fear? Is that where you could see China's government going as its next move? So if China wants to take what they call countermeasures, they can't do dollar for dollar on tariffs because of the um, trade imbalance. And so they're going to have to find other measures. Apple is one 
one where I think they're uniquely vulnerable because they both have China as a huge market. I think it's about 20% or so of their global revenues, as well as it's, you know, one of their, if not, it's by far their biggest uh, source of production for their products. And so Apple, lots of people say, well, Apple's the one that would be hit if the China has really got serious. You know, the flip side of that, you know, China has to thread the needle because on the one hand, they want to take countermeasures against the U.S. On the other hand, though, they are very much still pushing to the rest of the world that we're open for business. We're improving the business climate for foreign companies. Please come invest in China. You'll be welcome here. We have a massive market. And so if they go too far against, say, taking out one of the most loved companies around the world, that could hurt that. But ultimately, I think, so for example, right now, Xi Jinping is on this inspection tour down in the Jiangxi province. And one of his first stops was a rare earth, one of the largest rare earth processors in China. So that's clearly being seen as China, you know, basically they're putting out rare earth restrictions as one of the things they may be threatening, which potentially, you know, has come up before that could potentially be more damaging for a bunch of industries than, say, specifically Apple. There's been a lot of talk over the last year or two about Google working to create basically a censored version of its search engine to work inside of China, which has been extremely controversial inside of Google and in Silicon Valley circles. Google's basically following U.S. law here, new U.S. law here. But is there any reason to believe that if Google was to try to create a censored search engine in China, China would simply say, no, we're not even accepting this basically as punishment to Google? I think that's certainly possible. I think, though, more from a stepping back, I think it's just basically asinine for Google to launch something in China right now, given the current environment. I mean, there's just no good that's going to come of Google doing that. And there's certainly no upside for Google shareholders, as far as I can see. Bill, inside of China, can you give me a sense on the nationalism aspect of this? I I had heard a story this morning that on state TV over the weekend, they aired a bunch of films about the Korean War and, and kind of the message being, we waited out America then, we can wait them out again. Is that something that is starting to actually take hold among the populace? In other words, is that message getting through and being adopted? Is it getting through yet? I can't say. Are they pushing it? Absolutely. And so there has been, since the um, breakdown in the trade talks, there's been a significant ramping up of the nationalist rhetoric in party control propaganda. These movies are, you know, I think the sort of the, the worst part of that, right, where you're putting on primetime old movies that basically glorify killing Americans and, and, yeah, as you say, kind of being able to last out the Americans. And, and you know, you remember, we fought them and, and, and we fought them to a tie, right? And so I think that... You know, you also have the backdrop, which is this year is the 70th anniversary of the founding of the PRC. Last night, they just announced a new campaign between now and the October 1st anniversary for basically, I think the slogan is, you know, motherland and I, right? So it's all, they have all these different events and campaigns and activities around patriotism and your love for the motherland. And so there's a real churning nationalism that was going to happen anyway this year because of the anniversary. But I think it's being significantly stirred up even more because of what's going on in U.S.-China relations. Bill, final question. Unfairly, a prediction. Put a percentage on it. The chance we have not necessarily a trade deal, but a trade deal framework by July 4th. You know, the problem with that is it all depends on President Trump. And so... I would say that it's less than 25%. Thank you very much to Cynicism founder Bill Bishop, and be sure to check out his newsletter at Cynicism.com. My final two right after this. There is more news out there than ever before, but these days it's harder than ever to find it and to know what to trust. Axios AM takes the effort out of getting smart by synthesizing the 10 stories that will drive the day and telling you why they matter. Subscribe at signup.axios.com. And now back to the Pro Rata Podcast. 
Now it's time for my final two. And first up is what happened yesterday morning in Atlanta, where private equity investor Robert Smith gave the commencement address at Morehouse College, a historically black all-male school. Smith surprised the graduates by saying this. This is my class, 2019, and my family is making a grant to eliminate their student loans. Morehouse is still trying to figure out the math, but school president David Thomas tells me the gift works out to somewhere between $10 million and $40 million. He also told me this, quote, the way I think about Robert's gift is that it rewards those individuals who were committed to getting the best education they could at the best college they could attend and who invested in themselves by taking on student debt. Our students are like individuals anywhere. There are probably other financial challenges they face not captured in this gift. But what he's essentially done is made these students free to make choices to follow their passions. And finally this morning, mobile carrier Sprint and T-Mobile announced that they've worked out a deal to get FCC approval for their $26 billion mega merger, which would reduce the number of national mobile carriers from four to three. Included would be the divestiture of prepaid service Boost Mobile, promises to expand rural broadband coverage, and reiteration that the combined company won't raise prices for three years. Shares of both Sprint and T-Mobile US were up sharply on the news in early trading, but it's also notable that the Department of Justice didn't join today's announcement. Now, this doesn't always happen in such cases, but it happens a lot. The companies have disputed prior reports that DOJ wants changes of its own. So either they aren't telling the truth, have figured out a way to shade the truth, or DOJ is indeed simply okay with letting the FCC run lead. We should know more within about a month. And we're done. Big thanks for listening. And to my producer, Tim Shovers, if you're listening on an Apple device, please leave us a review. Have a great National Dog Rescue Day. And we'll be back tomorrow with another Pro Rata Podcast.